Well, apparently it's the International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. Well, good. So racism's over. Racism is over. Yesterday was Purim, so anti-Semitism is also over. What? So, I apologize. Uh, sorry, what was that? Uh, yesterday was Purim, which is a very nice Jewish holiday. Uh, I got drunk. I dressed up as Arthur Dent and definitely lost a mug at the event. So, that's gone. Oh. I, I thought you, you texted me to say you were getting shit-faced yesterday. And I was. I, I didn't know to for what reason. I thought it was like, I was like, oh, is it Maxie's birthday or something? Or maybe a friend's in town. But it's a different thing that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. I don't, I don't know anything about Jewish holidays except that one is named Yom Kippur and one of them is Hanukkah. And that happens in December-ish. Yeah, that is. You got three things correct there. Nice. Um, short version is Purim is when we talk about like the book of Esther, which is a story of how, uh, this shithead in high office in Persia or something, uh, was like, Hey, what if I had all the Jews killed? Cause I have a gripe with this one dude. I'm podcasting. Oh, I know. <laughs> You're going somewhere. You have a cravat on. I do. But Who is that? Am I audible? <laughs> This is my roommate, John, Am and I'm going to kill him. Am I audible? Okay. No, it's a quiet Yeah, you're microphone. very audible. Hi, John. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so there's a king named Ahasuerus, and he's got a wife, and he says, you know... You can't recount the entire book of Esther. There's yeah. ten chapters. Okay, anyway, his wife won't strip in front of his friends, so he's like, I need a new bitch. Uh, and the bitch he finds is a Jewish girl named Esther, whose uncle Mordecai works uh, for Ahasuerus. Uh, anyway, and there's a dick bag. What's his Haman? Haman. There's Boo. a dick bag boo named yeah. Haman. Boo. And Haman just, hate, just hates the Jews so much. Just damn Jews. He hates them. And Haman boo. hates Mordecai. Woo! And the king can't sleep, and they read back his court records to help him get to sleep, and they do a thing where Mordecai uh, saved the king's... Saves the king's life. Uh, saves the king's life. Uh, and then he's like, oh, I never rewarded Mordecai. Uh, 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 then he says, Haman, come in. Boo. He says, Haman, Boo. how shall I reward my favorite servant? And Haman Boo. thinks it's him. And he's like, yo, you should give him a million dollars and lead him around in your robes. And let's just throw a parade and just have somebody say, this is the coolest motherfucker in Persia. Uh, and Cyrus is like, thank you, Haman. Uh, I will do it for Mordecai. Woo! And you will tell him he's the coolest motherfucker in Persia. And Haman is like, I hate the Jews. I, I missed a boo. I'm sorry. Haman. Boo. Is like, I hate the Jews. Um, so uh, Haman uh, drafts up some legislature to kill all the Jews everywhere. Like he's like the better Hitler, and um, okay, no, no, get but, out of at, here. better at what he was doing. No, I mean it's worse. He's like the worst Hitler, and uh, Haman. Boo! Choking me on my cravat. Haman. Boo! Is gonna do it, and Mordecai finds out, and Mordecai is like, and the king's gonna do it because he's like, sure, I, you, you had that great idea about Mordecai, so you, 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 the killing the Jews must be a good idea too. And Esther is like, you know, Mordecai goes to Esther and he's Woo. like, yo, the king is so horny for you. You got to tell him not to kill the Jews. And uh, Esther's like, 
but I'll die if I go to him without, because it's fucked up in Persia. With, without his scepter extended to me. That is wink. Yeah, and so, but and then uh, Mordecai. Anyway, Mordecai says, "Do it anyway." Esther does it, and uh, Asterius is like, "What? You're a Jew." Mordecai's a Jew. The Jews are good. Uh, okay, well, uh, Haman? Boo. You gotta get fucked. And then they... They, they hang him on his own gallows. They, Everybody celebrates. It's great. They hang Go. Go. Uh, happy Go. <laughs> okay, that's the fucking 10-minute explainer on Purim podcast. Have a good one, everybody. The important thing is that I got dressed up in a costume, and I got drunk, and I ate a bunch of pizza and chocolates. Sounds like a good fucking night to me. Is Rosh Hashanah Jewish, or is that a different religion? Yes, Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. Okay. What's the fasting? Is that Yom Kippur? Uh, There's Yom Kippur, and then there's one or two other ones, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Gotcha. Okay. Just curious. Yep. About Judaism. Uh, how, 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 how was your hangover? It wasn't, because uh, here's the thing. I'm an extreme lightweight, so like I can get fucked up on two drinks and then be fine in the morning. Nice. What's up uh, with you? I, uh, not a whole lot. Um, I, oh, what's happened over the past week? So, um, I made a new persona. I, uh, I haven't really done much else of note, really. I've been podcasting. I've been playing video games. I've been smoking weed. <laughs> not nice. like now, but like. I have never done a podcast anything shy of sober except the time we drank Four Locos. Oh, man. Four Locos are... John, I need you to leave. We are on a time limit. Die. That is why, to this day, the Jewish people won't eat a ham and cheese sandwich. Excuse me, I have to kill my roommate? Give me a moment. A what? I'm sorry. A ham? dipshit. A, a ham and cheese sandwich. He was making a very funny pun. What was the pun? I didn't get it. I, Come I on, out. is the guy who tried... I'm not going to oh. re-explain Purim! Fuck! Okay, okay. I, I forgot about that in the five minutes it's been. Did you explain that to me? This is a bad intro. I apologize. Podcast! I apologize. Podcast! <laughs> I'm sorry for the idiot I room with. Please continue. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I also, I, I've been seeing my personal trainer, and I'm very sore, because they make me work hard. Hell but yeah. I'm also, I also have, I'm also getting muscles. Muscles are good to have. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, podcast, I guess? Podcast. <laughs> everyone it's your number one um 
Uh, it's your number one anti-propaganda. Num- yeah, that's podcast. how it's Yeah, it's your number. It's your number one anti-propaganda podcast. Uh, I'm Sarah, and this week I'm joined by returning guest Maxie. Hello. Hi, Maxie. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I'm sorry that I'll never be on again. No, nah, you'll be on again. Sure enough. <laughs> maybe we can get maybe we can get John on for an actual episode instead of just barging in every three seconds. Maybe. <laughs> Just don't say anything too loudly, or they might come back. <laughs> um. So you want to talk about some upcoming horror movies dot com? So upcoming horror movies dot com. You say upcoming horror movies dot com. I would love. I would love to talk about some upcoming horror movies dot com. Such as. Are so, we going to talk about us? Yeah, we're going to talk about us. At the time of at the time of this recording, it's out tomorrow. But the time you're hearing this, it's already out. So I'm just going to say, wow, that was a great movie. Thanks, Jordan Peele. That was great. And it was great for... And I'm just going to leave like a 10 second like blank spot for Blair to edit like something in here. Um, Maxie, what did you think about it? Well, I didn't see... I saw um, Get Out because I haven't seen it yet. So I was like, you know, I'll just see his last film every time his new film comes out. Okay, just run the chain. Yeah, you know, it's like that one XKCD about always being on a five-year video game delay. Yeah, I knew a guy who, um, back in like Game of Thrones' first season, he refused to watch the the season finale of season one until season two, like, was on DVD, so he could binge it. I guess. Sure. Which is such a weird... Because he didn't want to be left on a cliffhanger, I guess. But, like, also at that point, the shows were following the books very religiously. I just can't so imagine just actively choosing book. to binge watch something. That seems like such a bad... Like, it's bad to me. I I always end up, like, dying. But also, Us us is coming out. Uh, nothing else really looks interesting on the docket. Uh, Pet Cemetery got an R rating, so that's great. Um... The thing that's great about that poster is that the cat looms over everything, despite the fact that the cat is, like, dead by, like, the first half of the book. Like, dead dead, like, not alive dead. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I guess you gotta put the... I guess the cat's the most important part of it. Or the most, like, significant part? Is that the word? Iconic. I mean, I think that's it just looks word. cool. It does. Um, but, yeah. So... That's what's coming up. Nothing really big on the horizon to my knowledge as far as horror movies go after Us, besides uh, the new Ari Aster film that I can't remember off the dome. Um, the same guy who directed Hereditary, but that's coming out later. And William Jackson Harper's in it, so maybe he'll finally be directed by someone who is willing to show off his muscles some more. I did catch that. I, I, no, I've seen him. He's built. Yeah, he's cut as fuck. <laughs> like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> like, nerdy people are allowed to be fit as hell, but like... Oh, that's I really good news. Do- I really do appreciate the, uh, the the effort that was went that was put into making sure that he was never shown with like any hint of muscle until he took his shirt off in season three. Yeah, like they very much intentionally like dressed him in like baggy clothing that would never show a peck. Um, do you want to talk about They Live? Uh, I would love to talk about They Live. Okay, cool. So They Live is a movie. It is a movie. It's by John Carpenter, who also famously did The Thing. Uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got some horror bona fides. This one's more of a thriller, I think. But I guess there's like some horror elements. Uh, I don't think this clocks anywhere on the horror movie scale. I think this may actually be the least, the like the furthest from a horror movie that we've watched. Mm-hmm. But you're valid. I think it's a horror movie in the same way that like the Terminator is a horror movie. 
Well, Terminator Two rather is a horror movie. I think Terminator One had there's some genuine merit to it being a to it being seen as a horror movie, mm-hmm. but it's more of an it's definitely more of an action. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Ignore me. Sounds good. Cool. So they live. Do we want to like give a summary or do we just want to go play by play right off the bat? Oh, uh, let's just go play by play. All right. So we open on uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper as Nada. Uh, he's walking into, I guess, like San Francisco or Los Angeles. Um, Sorry, is that a wrestling joke? No, that's. I mean, he was a wrestler, but his name is Roddy Piper. Isn't right, it? but you said as Nada. No, Nada is the name of the character. Oh, I thought the character didn't have a name. Well, yeah, that's why he's called Nada. Oh. He's he's nothing. He's nobody. He okay. He's a okay. So he's a nobody. All right. So this so this takes place in the Kingdom Hearts universe. <laughs> yeah. No. This this is actually uh, Daxan. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is Radix. Rowdy Doxori Piper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. So. So. So Roddy Piper playing yes. Nada. Uh, yes. wanders into town, Los Angeles or something, uh, from a train yard. Uh, yep. th- there's a big focus on skyscrapers and traffic. The city's very, like, unkempt. There's a lot of trash, knocked over stuff, etc. Feels like feels like a real shitty place to be where he's right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, um, He goes to an employment office, says that he worked in Denver for about 10 years, but things just seem to dry up. But they don't have anything for him, so he just keeps keeps going. He hold on, I'm making I'm formulating a joke here. Oh boy. Okay, so he was he's he was working for ten years in Denver, which means he was fucking John Denver for ten solid years. But then John Denver died in that plane crash, and so his work dried up as being John Denver. John Denver. John Denver's sugar come. Baby. It dried John up. Denver's sugar baby. <laughs> Okay, so that's my yeah. He was he was working in Denver. God. Uh, th- then we we get this really good scene with this street preacher where yes, he, he's talking about how they have recruited the rich and powerful. They blind us to the truth. Um, he says, "Why do you worship greed? Because outside of the limit of our sight, from birth to death, are our owners. They have us. They control us." And we get this really good sequence where. Um, we see a cop get out of his patrol car, start walking up. Uh, we see Nada, like, give him a glance, and then he gets back moving. Uh, and then we see this great... It's like this series of TV screens. It's panning across a display window. Um, and we just see an image of Mount Rushmore. We see a bald eagle in flight. We see uh-huh. a bunch of, like, white kids playing Indian. Uh, we see a rodeo. We see some dudes having fun in a basketball game. This is not a subtle movie. No, it, not at all. This whole sequence is like, hey, America is bullshit. Yeah, America fucking sucks. Like, Banksy Banksy was just, like, jerking off to this when he first saw it. <laughs> but, like, it's good to me. It, I, it's I like... good. The thing is that, like, it's on the nose in a time when it was, like, really important for it to be that on the nose. Like, like Banksy is trying to do shit from the 80s in now. Like, yeah. Like, Banksy is trying to be like, oh, McDonald's, it, for, it's for fat people. Well, or McDonald's, they're greedy. Uh, but, like, that that's like, that, like, he's just, like, trying to present us with revelations that, like, two things that we've known for, like, decades at this point. 
Yeah, and I think even though it's not like subtle, I feel it makes good use of the imagery it puts. Right. Yeah, I think in. it's a good movie. I think John Carpenter knows what the fuck he's doing. I, I think part of it is it moves at a good clip, um, which is funny to say because a lot of the action is in the back half. Like, there's a very slow build at first. I feel like. Yeah, it, it, definitely it works. This movie takes like forty-five minutes just to get the glasses on him. Yeah. So Nada ends up shacking up at a homeless camp. There was another really cool scene where he's like, he's watching through a window, and an old man who is in turn watching TV, and the person on TV is talking about how when she watches TV, she stops being herself, and she's the star of her own series, or she has a talk show. And it's this whole, like, this part I'm actually not, it actually is, like, it, I wouldn't say it's subtle, but, like, it, it's got... It's hard to pin down what it's going for, but I like what it's going for a lot. This sort of, like, watching and being watched thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's really good. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm just trying to remember the order. What happens next? So, the next is the next morning. Uh, he manages to find work at a construction site, and two important things happen there. One of which is he meets Frank, who is Keith David. And the other is we get to see Roddy Piper shoveling some dirt or gravel or something with his shirt off. All right, so we, we get this sort of interesting Keith David... Sorry, I'm probably going to keep calling him Keith David by accident. Um, That's fine. F Frank uh, offers to take Nada to uh, another camp. They got hot food there. They got showers there. Nada doesn't say anything. He just sort of wanders after him for a while. Um, they have a little, like back and forth but eventually they both get to the camp um and we get frank's backstory which is he has a wife and kids in detroit uh he came out west because the steel companies went under uh and he has this line we gave those steel companies a break when they needed it know what they gave themselves raises and i'm really glad that we as a country and that, like our government learned our lesson from that sort of thing. I'm glad that we don't keep making the same fucking bullshit mistakes because of who holds power in our country. Yeah. It's good. I think the reason that this movie is genuinely good is that it was saying that we live in a society, but, like, decades before that thought was so prevalent that it became the meme that it is today. I mean, yeah, and also, we do live in a society. We do very much. The thing is that we very much do live in a society. <laughs> um, so, so, Frank basically said as you know th this is all bullshit and i just want to like strike back at them but not much to do and nada actually he says he should be more patient and he says i believe in america i follow the rules everybody's got their own hard times uh and then he just you know chills out for the rest of the night i uh i, I think it's interesting that the i mean it's pretty obvious but there's interesting that there's no uh really attention called to the fact that like Nada probably thinks this way because he's white. As I, opposed, I, I as do opposed... appreciate that. Yeah. Um, later yeah. on, uh, actually, it might have been earlier, either earlier or a little bit later, there's specifically a mention of like uh, racial or social justice not being done. And I appreciate that while it's not like the core of the movie's story, um, it's clear that it was not something that was going entirely unthought about. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's it's in this next scene. So, like, um, we see a couple dudes at the camp watching an ad for press-on nails. And, you know, these are these, like, old, uh, kind of rough-looking guys. Um, uh -huh. One who's got a real cowboy vibe. Uh, anyway, the broadcast gets hijacked, and 
you know how uh, Slavo Zizek, fuck it, I'm gonna mispronounce it, whatever. Uh, you know how Slavo Zizek, um, like had that whole famous video on They Live. I'm not. I, I don't know anything that Slavo Zizek has done besides make people mad and say I would prefer not to. Uh, he talked about the name of the garbage can as ideology. I don't know. He has he has a whole thing on They Live. Uh, but this dude looks like him if he owned a comb. Zizek um, does need a comb. Please, some please won't someone make a Kickstarter for him? Like, so, come on, didn't who was it that we all Kickstarted that money for to get a couch? Elon uh, Musk. It, oh, real that ta- was real talk. Mr. Musky Husky himself, wasn't it? Real talk. If anybody is like an alien infiltrator here to just like control people's minds and ruin our lives, it's Elon Musk. Because why else would he have these weird fucking fanboys? What are they doing? Absolutely. Cult of personality. Mr. Mu- Mr. Elon Musk, sir, who already has a fuck ton of money. Sir, let me donate you more money to buy a couch. One, you, you have more money than I will ever see in my life, than I will ever experience. I, like, I'm, I might hold something that reaches a percentage of your wealth at some point in my life. But, sir, please, let me buy you a couch. A- anyway, so this... It's, dude, just like, it's just like the Smash oh, yeah. Mouth song. It ain't no joke. I'd like to buy the world a couch. <laughs> Honestly, that's another song that's, like, it's pretty straight up like hey we do live in a society we do live in a society yeah um so this guy's hijacking this television broadcast and he's saying you know he's he comes right out with it uh the poor and the underclass are growing racial justice and human rights are non-existent and we see the street preacher is like at the outskirts of the camp and mouthing along to this Mm -hmm. um he's talking about the annihilation of consciousness and how they are safe as long as they are not discovered. And it's basically without outright saying, Hey, false consciousness. We need to like focus on the people who are making things awful. It's basically saying that. Um, Yeah. Anyway, you know, Nana sees a confrontation between uh, a middle-aged guy and the street preacher. They head into a church across the road. Um, Right. Yes. And then he sneaks in and is like, oh, what the fuck's up with this hole in the wall? And then the preacher comes up behind him and is like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. While he's in there, he sees that there's just a bunch of boxes. He sees this weird chemistry lab. Um, He sees that there's like a choir singing, but it's not actually a congregation. There's just like a sound system uh, set up. Um, And he overhears... The middle-aged guy saying, "We're not just—we're just not going to reach enough people. We got to find new people, strong people, people who will work with us." And they're talking about how the signal keeps getting jammed, uh, and they got to send a shipment out. Um, but you know, Nada like ends up leaving after the street preacher f- feels up his face and hands, and he's like, "You're a working man. You're all right, man of the people." The, uh, uh, the street preacher. Roddy is, Piper knows it. Roddy Piper knows how to work. The street preacher does a. He does make it clear that he's blind. Please at this laugh point. at my wrestling joke, Maxie. Yeah, it's a funny wrestling joke. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, R- Roddy Roddy Piper does. He sells. Uh, he sells a yes, lot. Yes, he movie. does. Um. Any, anyway, the preacher does allude to the fact that he's blind here. Uh, but I do like the thought that he is not. I do like the thought of him not being blind and just feeling up not his face because he's like, oh, I don't have my Hoffman lenses on me. I'm just gonna see if he has like weird bumps. <laughs> Okay, no, no bumps. 
still might be in on it. He might be a capitalist. I'm just gonna hold his hands. Okay, he's got calluses. We're good. I don't have calluses. This preacher would this preacher would smite me in an instant. Because mm. I have a cushy office job. He would cast holy level two, and you'd just <laughs> explode. <laughs> uh, he would cast turn dead on me, and I would immediately turn dead. So, so you know, we get we get some more scenes in like the homeless camp. Uh, the old dude, the cowboy dude, is talking about like some epidemic of violence. He's saying a whole lot of people going crazy over some nutty dream they just had. And Frank just keeps eyeing Nada. He's like getting a vibe off him. I think he doesn't really yeah. know how to feel about him. Um, Nada, meanwhile, is watching as the people in the church haul a bunch of boxes out to their car. And uh, we get this exchange. Frank is like, "Leave it alone. It's none of my business. It's none of yours. I got a job now, and I plan on keeping it." Uh, and here's the really good part. He says, "I'm walking a white line all the time, and I don't bother nobody. Nobody bothers me. You better start doing the same." And Nada says. A white line's in the middle of the road. It's the worst place to drive. And that whips ass. Yeah, and it's also, good. And, and also, Roddy Combat Liberalism Piper. Yeah, it's it's good. Because he beats the shit out of, out of Keith David for like six minutes. Keith David will also beat the shit out of him. It's a very good scene. We're getting there. Yeah. Uh, so, so, that night, there is a police raid on uh, the church. Uh, a bunch of resistance menus... Uh, the menus a bunch of resistance members are getting out and at the same time another group of police shows up with a bulldozer and just starts completely fucking up the camp yeah just like raising it to the ground mm -hmm. we we get this part where frank is just frozen in shock until nada calls out his name uh, eventually they make a break for it uh we see a few of the revolutionaries caught by the police uh, including the preacher who is just like flailing his cane at them and manages to keep a couple of them off him for a while and it's very yeah. good yeah uh and then not eventually sees a younger guy cowering in a corner he helps him up uh they make a break for it but run into more cops and eventually hole up in an abandoned house yeah um they uh um not holes up in the house for the night and you know it's this shitty abandoned house and then we fade to a tv showing an ad for like a new fancy fashion collection talking about divine excess and then we like cut to the camp which has been completely like raised mm -hmm. um nada goes back to the church uh where he st he stashed one of the boxes in a like little compartment earlier he gets yeah. the box he takes it into an alleyway searches it and there's nothing in it but sunglasses so he's just like all right whatever uh he hides it in a trash can just in case keeps one pair uh, he puts them on, and then he sees the world in grayscale, uh, and he sees that, like, all the billboards, when he's wearing the sunglasses, they don't have, like, pictures on them, they don't have the normal text, they just have, like, obey, or they say marry and reproduce, and so on. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just these subliminal messages. Uh, he, he goes to a newsstand and starts flipping through a magazine, literally nothing but propaganda. Um, and this is also where he sees the first one of the aliens... Uh, he's just like, what are you looking at, buddy? And he just doesn't know. He just like takes the glasses off, puts them back on. Like, what is up with this? Yeah. Um, is this allowed? Yeah. And then the newsstand owner, who is a human, asks him if he's going to pay for the magazine he's looking at. And he looks down at the wad of bills he's holding, and it just says, this is your god. Um, and, and that's like the only time that happens in the movie, right? Like, there's the only time we see cash through the lenses. I believe so. Interesting. Um, I mean, but yeah, it's this whole sequence. It goes on for a while. 
you know, it's very that's that is very like that is very Banksian, but like that's something that I hold against John Carpenter because he preceded Banksy. Yeah, um, it's like it's like how I don't enjoy like it's like how I don't enjoy the angry video game nerd because that sort of comedy has become extremely archetypal and hard to enjoy for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't hold that against James Rolfe because he was like the first one doing it. Right. Um. So a particularly good touch I like here is that um eventually. Nada goes into like an upscale grocery store and there's like one normal human there that isn't a worker um and he's talking to an alien about how i i can't believe i got passed up for that promotion when you got it and the alien is like it'll come all right just don't worry about it keep putting in the time um and like this one this part isn't like about the glass ceiling or like racism or sexism but like it's definitely it's definitely the same thing that you hear when you are bad when you yourself are banging up against it in the real world yeah and this specific image of this guy who has this in and knows full well he has this in just being like it'll be fine you just need to keep putting in the work is very yeah uh, it's very it's very there and then we see uh not as watching the speech by a politician on the tv which is a direct reference to a ronald reagan ad um, because the guy talks about it's a new morning in America, the old cynicism is gone, um, and so on. Yeah. So, Reagan was an alien. This confirms the theory that I've known my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it double valid to piss off. Actually, no, it makes it half valid to use his grave as a general neutral bathroom because, uh, well, if he's an alien, but an alien that sucks shit, like, I- I'm predisposed to like aliens, but, like, if he's an alien that sucks shit, like, double valid to piss on his grave. Yes. Agreed. Because, like, um, if, you're, no. if you're an alien, I hold you to a higher standard than if you're a human. Like, like, come on, if you're an alien, you better be cool as shit. And not, like, Not Ronald some Reagan. weird old man who's, like, deregulate everything. Get rid of these solar panels just to stick it to Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Uh, any, anyway, Nada, who's a fucking idiot, starts going off on this lady, like, God, man, you look like shit. Your, fu- your face is trash. For t- yeah, specifically, he, when I put on these sunglasses, I can tell that you look awful. And yeah. she's, she starts talking to her, into her wristwatch. She's like, hey, we got one who can see. And Listen, he's like, he's been fucking John Denver nonstop for 10 years. He hasn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have much common sense outside. He doesn't know much outside of fucking John Denver. He's a very, uh, he's a very specialized fella. Um, (laughs) the rest of his mind eroded away it's like it's like how if you like it's like how if you're i don't know if this is true at all but it's like how if you're blind you can hear better Mm -hmm. but like the opposite he's the daredevil of fucking john denver is what you're saying (laughs) it's the daredevil of fucking john denver I was going to say, like, the opposite. Like, he turned off all of his other mental receptors and just pumped all... Like, he just detracted from all of his other stats and put, like... He's got, like, a one strength, one int, one dex, and just, like, 70 points in fucking John Denver. And proficiency, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so so he goes out the store, uh, and a couple of cops start harassing him. Uh, they say, you look as shitty to us as we do to you. And he says, impossible, which whips ass. Yeah. Um, he manages to, they offer to cut him in saying they can all benefit. Uh, he just doesn't do anything until one of the cops puts like a hand on his shoulder or gets his arm. And then he knocks them both to the ground, steals one of their pieces, kills them both, grabs a shotgun from their patrol car, goes into a bank. And then he says the line. I did not know that line was from that movie. 
Yeah, I, I believe they live as the first one to have the uh, kick ass and chew bubble gum line. Yeah, I had no idea. I've seen, I've seen most of this movie before. I'd seen it basically up until the part where they do their six minute long fight scene, and then it was like, and then I had to like go eat dinner, and I was like, oh boy, I'll finish watching this movie after dinner, and then I didn't, and it's been eight years. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, he goes into this bank and he just starts like murking every alien he sees uh one updates the cops with his wristwatch and we also see before nada can shoot him he teleports out yeah uh and then we see the... he says nothing personnel kid and then just blips out and then we see the cutest surveillance drone in the world uh yes. it's got this like ray harryhausen kind of b-movie stop motion to it and it's really good um, oh, I didn't. It, it didn't look very much like Jerry Seinfeld to me, but I guess it's the, you know, you know what it is. It is a drone that is used to uphold the interests of the evil upper class, uh, but it's also really cute. So it is the big dog of the 1980s. It's impossible to say whether it's good or not. Yeah, it's it's the funny robot that like can't walk on ice. Good. Yeah. The little dog robot from, uh, what is it, Boston Dynamics? Yeah. The one who we're pushing over and kicking a lot. In fairness, that is very funny when they do that. So, so Nada runs to, like, a parking garage, and he sees a human woman getting into her car. Um, he, like, holds her at gunpoint and is like, hey, get me out of here. Uh, they drive away. Um, and she takes him to a, like, very swanky uh, apartment or house or whatever, um, he talks about how the glasses are like a drug. They get you high, but you come down hard. Um, and she mentions that she works as the assistant program director for Cable 54, which is the broadcast that we've seen the, um, the, the revolutionaries repeatedly interrupt. Um, and not as like, oh, shit, you're right. They're sending a signal through the TV. He stands up and checks on it. And she just, like, shatters a bottle over his head and then fucking blasts him out of her window. This is the point when, like, when Bruce Willis dies and, like, Roddy Piper is a ghost for the rest of this movie. <laughs> Keith David can just see him and also get beat up by him. And also, Roddy, despite being a ghost, he can, like, both shoot and get shot. It happens to the best of us. Sometimes ghosts don't know they're ghosts, and this that makes true. them all the stronger. Maybe it's like JoJo, where a guy definitely dies, but then he just gets up and keeps walking, but no longer bleeds. Yeah. He just, like, explodes. <laughs> he just gets, like, shigechied, and then just, like, walks for... And then just, like, walks, like, half yeah, a mile. He has, like, a limp and... Oh, oh, my stomach hurts a little bit, but he's fine. Like, he has been exploded from the inside. <laughs> he's dead, but he's okay. Yeah, basically. Um. So so Holly calls the cops, uh, but we see that uh, the pair of Hoffman lenses he had were left on the floor of her place. Uh, he does eventually get away. He goes back to the construction site to try and find Frank, and Frank is like, Hey, you're definitely, like, a spree killer, and I don't get out of here. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so with not, not much else to do, nowhere else to go. He goes back to the alley. Uh, the trash can where he stashed the sunglasses box has just been emptied, but the dump truck is still there. Uh, he gets into the dump truck, uh, recovers like two pairs. And then as the truck starts moving, because he reopened the container, uh, he just spills out along with a bunch of other trash. And it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's it's very good. He just like lets the entire fucking dump like that that, that dump truck guy just probably saw that out of the rear, out of his rearview mirror and was like, 
I'm just going to say I didn't see anything when I get back to the office. He's the real hero of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> Praxis. Uh, so this is also when Frank shows up again. He He's like, hey, I got you a week of pay. That's the best I can do. Get out of town because you are like super going to die or get life in prison. Uh, and Nod is just like, listen, I need you to put on these sunglasses. And Frank is like, man, I'm just trying to like live my life though. I don't, I don't need this. Uh, and we do get the alley fight, which yeah. lasts like the... five and a half minutes. And it is, it's basically is kind of like a mini wrestling match. Yeah. It's, it's great. It ends with, a, it ends with a, 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 a suplex. You get this really good back and forth, uh, and is what is uh, Maxie as the resident wrestling liker on this podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of suplex was that? I have that no idea. Did? There's like cool. fifty kinds of suplexes, and I could not name one of them. One of them is belly to belly. I don't think it was that. So it was one yeah, of the other that, ones. Yeah, that is definitely not a belly to belly. Belly to belly suplex is the kind that is one of the kinds that Travis Touchdown does. <laughs> because I only know that because when the best friends played it, they shouted, they shouted belly to belly every time he did it. But yeah, so. Eventually, Nada does get Frank to wear the glasses, and he's like, oh, shit, all right, then. Um, uh, they get a room in a cheap hotel. I don't think this is, like, very gay, but it's maybe a little gay to me. Nada just, like, washing off and having this, like, quiet moment with Frank. Yeah. Um, we get Nada's backstory where he's, like, his, you know, when he was a preteen, his dad turned mean, eventually threatened him with, like, a blade. Um... And Fr- Frank is, like, wondering when and how they got here. And he's like, maybe they've always been with us. And he's like, they love it, seeing us hate each other, watching us kill each other. Um, and just sort of this... I mean, that would, that would make everything make sense. Like, if that was the case, like, a lot of things are just kind of, like... That's, like, a missing puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like there is just, like, a big, like, a big empty space in my mind of, like, the puzzle of how the world works. And, like... I as I learn things, I'm just slowly putting more and more pieces into that puzzle. But like, I think if it was just like the government is aliens, like if that was the truth, like just a giant fucking like like Banjo and Kazooie sized jigsaw puzzle piece would fall from the heavens into the middle of my puzzle, completing it instantly. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know what's aged really well that I didn't think about earlier. Um. What's it, that? At least one point. Uh. One of the revolutionaries talks about how they're like trying to make this planet's atmo- like environment and atmosphere like their own, and like given everything that's happened since then to the climate and whatnot, that's hmm. And I, I realize like pollution isn't a new thing; it's not like it was invented in the '90s, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Um. So unfortunate the ne- that one held up. Hey, on the other way, the other day on the drive home. Sorry to get political, but the other day on the drive home, I was yeah. Just no, don't about... get political on this like podcast where we two open socialists are talking about "They Live" by John Carpenter. Okay, on we don't want to home... alienate anybody. On my drive home from work yesterday, I was just kind of thinking about how fucked it was that like Al Gore basically got up on stage and said, "This planet is dying, and we need to fix it." And the response from everyone was to make him into a walking joke. Like, I genuinely think South Park... Had South Park not gone in on Al Gore over that, I genuinely do not think he would have been as widely ridiculed as he was. Oh, absolutely not. 
Like, um, and I, it's it's weird to think about that shit growing up because like when I like based on I I'd never seen an inconvenient truth, but like based on what I'd learned about it, it was like a big fucking joke, and Al and Al Gore is just like a big dumb in, a big dumb man who doesn't know how the internet works. Um, but then like you just kind of grow older and like you learn these things that like oh Al Gore knew what he was talking about, or and everyone decided to make fun of him, or like Brokeback Mountain is an incredibly tragic story, but everyone just decided to make a shitload of jokes about it because it was gay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know Brokeback Mountain was, like, a tragedy until I was, like, 21. Because mm-hmm. the I, I didn't see it. I was too young to really see it in theaters, and I, I haven't seen it yet. But, like, the prevailing narrative around it was just like, oh, ha, 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 they're cowboys, and they suck dick. Yeah. Isn't that very funny? Maxie, isn't that very funny, though? Oh, it is very funny. Ha, 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 ha. Anyways. <sighs> oh. It's media. It is media. At the end of the day, it's media. Uh, It is media. We do live you, in a you thought, society. You thought, you thought it. <laughs> no, you say it. It's a podcast about they live, but it's me, Dia. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is the third? Th- what is the third thing? We have. We live in a society. We have its media. What's the, What's the other one? There's got to be a third. Kono society, Don. <laughs> It was I, society. I don't know, probably something about the Joker, twisted. <laughs> Some men do like to watch the world burn, is the thing. Yeah, there and we go. There's the, there's only, the trifecta. Mo- only most of them are aliens. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, the middle-aged man ends up making contact with Frank, and he tells them, listen, we're having a meeting that night. tonight. We have a... Wi- we bleh. The world needs a wake-up call, and we're going to phone it in. Um, so they go to this meeting... Uh, and this is basically just, like, a bunch of exposition, and also they get a bunch of cool shit. Um, like guns. <laughs> yeah, the guns, grenades. Uh, a woman at the meeting... Girls. <laughs> gold girls. Uh, a, a woman at the meeting shows that, hey, so we have, like, contact lens versions of the thing of the glasses. Um, they're subtler, uh-huh. and they don't have as bad side effects, so they switch to those. Um, we do briefly get a specific emphasis on, like, TV as a method of control, which has aged weirdly. Because, like, TV is obviously still relevant to our society, but I feel like if if they live, we're going to be made today. Uh, like, the internet and, like, social media in particular would definitely fill this role, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. God, can you imagine what looking like the internet with they live glasses would be like? God, I can't. Okay, I like to imagine that in like in like in in like if if they live happened about real world, I, I like to imagine that like um, not Ben Shapiro. Who's the other Ben? The one who does those awful comics. Garrison? Oh, Ben Garrison. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to imagine that like Ben Garrison is neither an alien or one of the people who sold out to the aliens. He just, <laughs> just like does that. that. <laughs> He's just like that, and the aliens are like, we don't have to pay him, so like. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess if he finds out, he finds out. But, like, it's not like he's going to stop if he does. I mean, if he did, he would just be like, oh, I'll blame it on the Jews. That's what's going on here. Which I, I do want to address. Actually, now's as good a time as any. So, obviously, there is something that's fraught about the premise, which is, yeah, you know, um, and people have read they live in an anti-Semitic way. Like, there are neo-Nazis who are like, oh, the aliens are the Jews. Um, right. John Carpenter is not down with that. He said, it's about yuppies and unrestrained capitalism. It has nothing to do with Jewish control of the world. That's slander. That's bullshit. 
Um, I do appreciate that. At the same time, I do understand, like, yeah... The misgivings. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's, it's treading on some weird territory that, um... It's just kind of it's just kind of hot material to work with, and it's yeah, right. Uh, and again, I don't think like I I like the movie a lot. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that it goes with the premise it does, um, because it's obviously serving as an allegory for other things. But at the same time, like uh, I, I can understand like that is something that can be fraught, and I think it is um, a weakness of the film because of the allegory it goes for and. I don't know that there's a huge amount that can be done about that. And I think there are aspects of the film that uh, I appreciate sort of lend an additional nuance. Like the fact that they do specifically refer to a lack of racial justice earlier, I appreciate. I also appreciate here um, the middle-aged guy mentions that humans humans often sell out to them in exchange for money and status. And that's actually a major part of the third act. Like talking about these people who, because of their individual desire for more are willing to just sell out the entire planet uh-huh um but yeah uh, uh yeah so then they're like and then like holly shows up yeah they're talking about like we need to find the source of the signal uh do something we need to get rid of the signal and then we can like stop them from there holly shows up she says it's not coming from her station um <laughs> Hmm, shrimp resting. Yeah, and then she and Nada start having, like, a tender conversation. Uh, they got this weird, like, budding romance thing. Uh, and then the cops just literally explode through a wall and start fucking murdering everybody. Um, Holly manages to get away. Uh, Frank and Nada just manage to kill everybody who comes after them. Most of the rest of the Resistance does die really quickly. And it sucks. Yeah. Um... Frank and Nada eventually get, like, holed up at the back of an alleyway. Um, yeah, and they just, like, fucking kill a bunch of cops and then open a portal with the, with their watches into the under, stronghold? There's like, yeah, there's, like, an underground base. Um, yeah, it's like, it's an alien stronghold. Uh, and they find their way to this fancy dinner. Uh, we get this speech by uh, an alien to a, a um, an audience of a few aliens and a lot of collaborators. Uh, uh-huh. He's, by the year 2025, not only America, but the entire planet will be under the protection and the dominion of this alliance. The gains have been substantial, both for us and for you, the human elite. Um, and we see the old cowboy dude from the start of the movie. He shows up. Uh, he's wearing a tuxedo. And he's like, hey, good job. I'm being recruited, guys. Yeah. Congratulations. Why don't, I show, I why don't I show you literally the entire base? Yeah. Um, and then he shows them to uh, the 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 um, recording room of like a newsroom, um, and it's Channel Fifty Four News. And this should be setting off major alarm bells in their heads, but for some reason it doesn't. I, I, it should, but also like I feel like they're dealing with enough that that. It might I mean, slip yeah, their I guess so. But like Holly does very much give the entire game away by saying that stu- that Studio Fifty Four is not compromised, and then it is like the it most is the main one, yeah. Um, so they go up to the recording area, and uh, Frank and I are like, "Okay, we're just gonna start murdering aliens now." Um, and while they're trying to decide whether to kill the old guy because he is a human, but also he's a fucking fascist collaborator, uh, he warps out. Um, yeah, who just like deuces? 
so the rest of the pretty much the entire rest of the movie is just one long um i, I hesitate to say action scene because it's not all like run and gun but it's basically nada and frank are frantically making their way towards the roof where they've been told the transmitter should be um they nada is trying to find holly he's not having any luck frank is like what the hell are you doing we're we cannot fuck around right now um, yeah, and then they're, like, on their way to blow up the fucking thing, and they find Holly, and Nada's like, oh, Frank, perfect, Frank, I'll, I'll take care of Holly, I'm gonna go fucking blow everything up with, yeah, a, with it, a pistol. It, it, I'm, I'm just gonna run really quick up these stairs, and Frank's just like, cool, I'm going to uh, hesitate and be here on this landing for a little bit, and Holly's like, okay, I'm just gonna shoot you in the side of the head. Yeah. Um, so... he gets He's got a rough one. Yeah. He made it to the end, though, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then Nada gets up to the roof, and... Uh, he has his gun pointed at the transmitter. Holly has yeah. hers pointed at him. He's telling him not to interfere. You can't win. Uh, not so to be... Not, I, I, I hate being cinema sins about this, but, like, for, for, for like, a, a an alien race that controls the globe, mm-hmm. you'd think they'd have, like, their eggs spread out to more than one basket. <laughs> You would. But, like, no. He, like, he points the gun at it, and then Holly is like, I- I'm okay. And he's like, Frank, Holly, are you okay? And Holly just, like, shows up behind him and is like, I'm okay. Are you? Um, yeah. So she and, like, these cop helicopters are like, listen, stop. You can still fucking join us. Whatever. Just put the gun down, or we will kill you. Uh, and... He drops his gun, but then he, like, pulls another one out of his sleeve, uh, shoot, yeah. shoots Holly, turns to the dish, shoots it, uh, says, fuck it. Um, and just, he shoot. it's a, I admire the destructive capability of this pistol. <laughs> well, I'm sure that, the, you know, they're trying to get the entire world permanently brainwashed. I'm sure that it's, like, overclocked or something. Yeah, probably. Uh, the alien technology is, alien technology has historically never been advanced. <laughs> Well, no, they just didn't... They put all their points into a culture victory and forgot to upgrade their defenses. So so one one action hero unit can uh, can blow it up. All right, sure. And then he gives a middle finger, and then we get, like, a montage of, like, all the... Uh, of, like, all the people... Of all the aliens' is, like, cloaking device not working. Yeah. And, like, like, the movie ends with a girl fucking a dude, and then it pans down to he's the skull, and she's like, oh, what the fuck? And It's like, hey, baby, the, what's wrong? And then the movie ends. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. How many uh, hyper-perceptive Ray-Bans on a scale of zero to five would you give this movie? Uh, I would give it to four. One pair of lenses for me and one pair for you. I like that. Yeah, four. Four of them. I did say pair of Ray-Bans, but you know what? I like that better. Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about individual Ray-Bans. Oh. (laughs) I thought, do I one Ray-Ban singular? (laughs) Yeah, you know, a Ray-Monocle. It's fine. (laughs) See, the the monocle version of the Hoffman lenses is extra useful because, you know, the aliens will see your monocle. They'll be like, oh, they must be in on us. A fancy lad. Hey, hey, bud, you hear about the latest plan? I'll just tell you about it in detail. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's the end of the movie. Uh, we have a question. You get one. Okay. Um, uh, at Roman underscore host, Horace wants to know, how fucking sick is John Carpenter's scores? In my opinion, they are very sick. 
It's pretty sick, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one's very good. No ex- no exception. Um, um, Maxie, what are you recommending this week, you piece of shit? Uh, like a horror thing or just in general? Recommend anything. Uh, well, earlier today I got this game called We the Revolution, which is kind of like a Papers, Please-like, and that's pretty fun. That sounds good. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Baba Is You. Baba, Baba is you, but how, Baba, how, how is Baba? Uh, Baba is fine. Baba is good, actually. Baba is good? Baba is good and difficult. I'm glad to hear that Baba is good. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I could also, like, plug my music, because I do that. Well, we'll do, we'll do that at the end of the show. I just have a recommendation to get through first. Okay. My recommendation this week is going to be that you go out and see us in theaters. Um, I still haven't seen it yet at the time of this recording, but I have no doubt in my mind that it is going to fucking blow me away because I have not seen a single contrarian opinion except for a single opinion by someone who is regularly a contrarian. Um, and I'm really excited for it. And uh, and then here's where Blair's going to edit in my some effusive praise that I would say after having seen the movie. Probably like praising its like lighting and color work uh, and direction, obviously. Uh, and saying Winston Duke is kind of a hunk. Um, he's got a bit of a DILF thing going on, you know? No, I mean, hang on. Do you have to Google Winston Duke? I don't really see the, I don't see the DILF thing so much, but like, I get are, it. Are you looking, are you looking at images of him in Us? Oh, no, I'm not. Where I'm he not. plays a dad? I'm only seeing images of him on the red carpet. It turns out maybe Winston Duke Us is not a... <laughs> yeah, good, very good point. This movie is us. SEO is in the fucking dumpster. Yeah, no. This, especially, no, this especially because there's a TV show that's currently airing called "This Is Us." Uh, well, here's a still from Us, which has the entire family except Winston Duke. Cool. Whatever you saw, you saw Black Panther, right? No. Oh. Well. I mean, I, I am seeing a picture of him in Black Panther. He's pretty good looking in that. He he looks good. Yeah. Um, if you want to find us, uh, patreon.com slash fearbaiting is where you can go to support the show. We are fearbaiting everywhere. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash... Oh. What? No, sorry. We are fearbaiting. Okay. No, I, I, I parsed that sentence wrong. Ignore me. Okay. Um, yeah. We're, we're, uh, pretty... We're fearbaiting everywhere. On Gmail, Twitter, Tumblr, wherever the fuck you want. That's where we are. Uh, but most importantly, Patreon. That's where you can go to give us money. That's not actually the most important thing. I just say that as a joke. Because I'm not really all about that paper. But I do need to shout out our $10 and $5 a month patrons who get shout outs. Uh, also, if you donate just $1 a month, you get episodes early and you get voting access. 5 bucks a month gets shout outs each month and we also read a short message. And 10 bucks a month makes you, uh, has, you let us, has you make us watch a movie. Thank you very much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, Ducky Aisha, and Sophie for your support. Maxie, where can people find you? Thank you for being on, by the way. Of course, people can find me at Maxi Satan Official on Tumblr and at Maxi Satan on Twitter. Uh, I publish music to my SoundCloud occasionally. I plan to use that more, but I've been like, you know, I got a bunch of stuff I'm juggling, and I haven't released anything since my last album. But sometimes I post tracks to my SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com/slash/pastelhandgrenade. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple months back, I put out my latest album, Gigantic Robot Girlfriend. Uh, you can album, check you that out. Oh, thank you. I, I was listening you, to it just this week. You can check that one out at uh, pastelhandgrenade.bandcamp.com. Um, and I do take music commissions, so if you want to reach out to me on Tumblr or Twitter, 
Uh, we can talk shop if you're looking for a song for like an RPG character, uh, a persona, an indie game you're making, anything. Just hit me up. Sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at SunHatJenia. Um, you can also find me uh, on Mastodon at Snouts.online. I'm SunHatJenia at Snouts.online over there. Uh, you can also listen to me on my other podcasts, uh, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, which is my politics podcast, and The Wonder Yerks, which is my uh, Animorphs podcast that I do with former host of the show, Blair, and friend of the show, Seda, who Seda also does the intro and outro music for this show. Thank you, and you can check their stuff out at peopleyoumeetoutsideofbars.com. Uh, nope, that's not right. You can go to gaygothvibes.online where you can find all the music that they make under the name People You Meet Outside of Bars. Thank you. Uh, and I think that's every... Oh yeah, thank you to Noisepace.xyz uh, for hosting this podcast. Um, yeah, they'll do it. Maxie, thank you very much for coming on. Of course, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, we'll be back again next week, but uh, until then, I'm Sarah. I'm Maxie. And remember... Love Sarah, you're giving this one to me? Y- yeah. You, you can put a fucked up guy anywhere.